can be, you know what, I just, I lost the joy in being a physician and I need someone to talk to. I need to know that somebody else is going through the same thing because to be honest, we're all going through the same thing. And those conversations can now count towards points. So that's what we're doing. You can claim that work you're doing with your peers as part of your quality improvement, because in the long run, you're improving yourself for your patients and for yourself. Welcome to Specialty Scoop, our podcast showcasing breakthrough ideas in specialty medicine. This is brought to you by the Royal College of Physicians and Surgeons of Canada, and we're grateful to RBC Healthcare for their in-kind support to make this possible. I'm your host, Dr. Guylaine Lefebvre. I'm the Executive Director of Membership Engagement and Programs at the Royal College. I'm also an OBGYN a former chief of obstetrics and gynecology at St. Mike's in Toronto, and I remain a professor at U of T. I'm really pleased to have for guests today, Dr. Lucy Filto and Dr. Sofia Valanci. We're joining today's recording from Ottawa, Ontario, which is located on the unceded territory of the Algonquin Anishinaabe Nation, who are the traditional custodians of our beautiful land. Today, we're going to explore how we're shifting to a more user-friendly concept of continuous quality improvement. And let me start with a, an anecdote, if you will. Years ago, I'm speaking at a conference, lots of participants, you know the scene. We're doing a workshop on how to deal with adverse events, room is full, perioperative teams, and as we start talking about QI, a senior surgeon puts up his hand and he says, Dr. QI is something that the nurses and the administrators do to us in the hospital. I hope we've come a ways from, from that concept. And the scoop for today is how Lucy and Sophia are working with the Royal College to make quality improvement processes more accessible to all of us. Let me tell you a little bit about our guest today. Uh, Lucy Filto has over 35 years of experience working in healthcare. She's an anesthesiologist at the Ottawa Hospital and a leader in quality and patient safety. Sophia is a general surgeon who trained and worked in Mexico City. Sophia Valancey completed her postgrad studies at McGill. And congrats, Sophia, on uh, obtaining your PhD in surgical education. Her thesis was focused on the development of a coaching program for practicing surgeons. So it aligns quite well with how we learn from each other and quality improvement in general. Thank you, Lucy and Sophia, for joining me today. It's great to be here. Thank you. As physicians and surgeons, I, you'll agree with me, we, we really need to continuously improve in order to serve our patients well. This is really about making us the best physicians we can be, which hopefully we all have as a core value. As members of the Royal College, we want to collaborate with each other so that we can enable this improvement of skills, learning from each other. Lucy, maybe I'll start with you. You've been working with the Royal College now to revamp the maintenance of certification framework. Could you tell us a bit about your path with um, quality improvement to start off with and where we're at today? 
So I've been involved in quality improvement initiatives at the local level in my hospital and then on a national level with my National Specialty Society. And it's really opened my eyes to the myriad of of ways in which we can improve our practices and evolve with the times. I did uh, get some additional training in QI, and I realized that this has been very helpful on my journey, but not everybody has had the opportunity to do that. So in bringing my work to the college, uh, it really has been an effort to, at the college's request, to make quality improvement more accessible to people, to physicians out there that want to improve their practice. And the college wants to play a supportive or facilitative role in that respect. So much of the, ch- of the changes that you'll be seeing uh, very soon will be with that goal in mind. Uh, With the MOC framework, uh, really the modification that will happen there, the revamp of the framework will be to increasingly recognize the importance of QI in our practice and to recognize it for credit. It's something that people are already doing out there out of necessity, but to recognize that it is a valuable activity, that it is an important part of personal development, and uh, that it should be recognized for credit. Thanks, Lucy. Sophia, uh, your lived experience as a surgeon really ensures we're on the right track at the Royal College. And I'll share with our listeners that you're now the program advisor for the Continuing Professional Development Unit uh, at the Royal College. Sophia, how do you see the Royal College supporting these initiatives? Well, there's a lot of things that the Royal College is doing, actually. One of the things Lucy already told you, we're working with QI initiatives and bringing those workplace things we already do, and so we can claim them for credits. We've put together groups where we talk to the fellows and we ask them what they really need. And part of it is a lot of fellows ask us for support. We don't have coaching, you know, you get this feeling that when you graduate, you're left to fend by yourself. It's like, oh, here you go, go conquer the world. And nobody ever tells you anything. So that's part of one of the initiatives and what we're working towards. We want to work with the fellows to do it exactly exactly what they need, to be personalized and to give them the credits for what they're already doing and not put more work on them. Sophia, that speaks to me, right? Because, I mean, we know ourselves and we hear from our fellows Our plate is full as it is, especially with two years of COVID behind us, the virtual shift, the backlog of patients. And here it is, you're telling me I have to add one more thing. Uh, Lucy, maybe I'll I'll turn it over to you. Why now? And, And perhaps what have you seen as a shift in your journey of quality improvement? How do we reconcile that? So the why now piece in terms of why now recognize quality improvement, why now bring it to the forefront, is that there is an increasing expectation from the provincial Ministry of Health, the medical regulatory authorities, hospital leadership from our own departments, that QI activities need to be done on a regular basis. And in fact, it affects many departmental funding models, hospital resource allocation. It may even be a condition of employment. So at this point, there's an accountability that's there for individual physicians and for for groups. And so it just makes sense that the Royal College evolves a framework to recognize work that's already being done and to assign it that credit value. 
are you in a position to influence that if I'm actually improving my practice, um, you can help me, first of all, identify what counts, so to speak. And is there a way by which I can make that count for everyone who cares? Obviously, improving my, my, my practice is about helping my patients, but I'm in Ontario. The CPSO would actually care that I complete quality improvement project. The Royal College is asking for credits. Are we, are we looking at this with the lens to bring it all together so that we remove the burden on the individual physician? I think it's important to realize that the college isn't actually adding to the burden in that if the activity is being done for your your provincial regulatory authority, then it's to take that very same project and say, look, I have done this and this is part of my CPD journey and entering it for credit. It wasn't explicitly a part of the previous framework and then recently in the fall it was added in a future revamp of the MOC framework, it will be more explicit and the quality improvement section of the framework will be more elaborate. It will be uh, more detailed, but really it's adding to the opportunities for credit, for obtaining credit, rather than actually putting on an extra burden. to Sophia now and your your expertise in mentorship and coaching. Can you tell us a little bit of how you see that being engaging our members in a way where they can learn from each other? Yeah, that's actually very cool. I don't want people to go and get certified to be coaches. Most of us don't even have time and most of us don't really want to, right? It's another course, another it's expensive. So the idea here is we're just trying to use the skills from coaching, which we already know work in the business world, right? You get that support, but you're you're having conversations that leave you feeling good because how many times have you not gone to you know your colleague and you leave the conversation and you say well why did why was I vulnerable with him why did I tell him that now he's gonna think I'm not as good you know so the idea is to have these micro skills where we can have safe conversations have effective conversations and depending on the goals we have because it can be a professional goal you know it can be you know I went to a meeting and I want to start doing this new technique but I don't know how so you have a coach support you and guide you through that instead of oh I learned this thing and I'm not going to do it because I have no support or it can be you know what I just I lost the joy in being a physician and I need someone to talk to I need to know that somebody else is going through the same thing because to be honest we're all going through the same thing and those conversations can now count towards points so that's what we're doing you can claim that work you're doing with your peers as part of your quality improvement because in the long run you're improving yourself for your patients and for yourself and the side effects go towards your family and your life And coaches, can they claim points? Because for being in a situation where I've often had dialogues with residents when I was on staff or peers or for in a leadership position, the people in your department, you, you often end up having that coach or mentor role. I must say I have learned as much from the people that have turned to me as hopefully I've shared with with them, right? So is is there a dual relationship in terms of being able to claim credits? 
Yes. So the dual relationship is there. Coaching is very bilateral. So what we're doing is in the current framework, it's not really streamlined, but there is a way to claim them. And you can claim them either as, as section three, if you get feedback for those skills, you're, you know, oh, you listen to me perfectly, or you know what, you interrupt a lot, and then you work on that feedback, you can get section three as a coach. If you're not getting the feedback, you can get section two credits as a coach. But the ideas with the revamped MOC framework, we are going to put it there. It's going to be as a provider of coaching, you're going to get X number of credits. Oh, that's so excellent. We'll make it a little easier for people to uh, be recognized for the work that they're already doing. Do you see in the future, and now I'm asking you to read into the future, do you envisage that there would be an ability to actually create those communities where if I don't have at my fingertips a person I can turn to that I could look to throw a college, for example, to seek that mentorship? Yeah, so actually that's part of the plan and it's still in the drawing board. But the idea is we start to cultivate these micro skills and we put together communities of practice. We put together databases where you can go and say, you know what, I have this problem or my goal is this thing and this is who I'm going to look up for. And, you know, with COVID, we found out we can use Zoom for everything. We can communicate all, all over the world. So we just need to put together a database, which is part of the plan and actually put together coaching circles or discussion forums where you can, you know, have a prompt and then go to discuss with your peers. And you won't really need somebody to be there telling you what to do. It would be very self-facilitated. So this is truly scoop because we're talking about things that don't quite exist yet, but are in the planning level. It's excellent. Thank you so much. Lucy, congratulations. You're going to be the next president of the Canadian Anesthesiology Society later this year, I believe. With all of the hats that you wear, all of the roles that you have, I respect the fact that you approach this with the lens of we're already busy. How do we make this easier? Could you share with us perhaps what some of our listeners may take away from this episode and truly doable, something that they could engage with in their practice to make a difference? What can we do now? I think it's important for people to realize that, you know, since medicine began, physicians have always been adapting their practice to changing evidence, new medications, new technologies, or external events like plagues and increase in uh, healthcare demand, reduced resources. We've always been adapting our practice. And so that is QI. And I want people to realize they are already doing QI. Whether they put a fancy label on it or not, it is something that physicians do. Very rarely will you hear that a practice has stagnated for years. And I want people to recognize, just look at what they are doing, whether they've had to adapt their practice to virtual care in the last couple of years, whether they've had to change to an electronic record, if they've created a discussion checklist for their patients to be more systematic in their encounters, if they've made their clinic greener, or if they've even done a personal initiative to improve their wellness. These are all quality improvement initiatives. These are all valid to be recognized. So rather than take on a new project or feel the burden of having to do something new, I want specialists to think about what they're already doing, all of those current adaptations, 
and to consider them for entry for credits and also to validate them within themselves that this is QI. Thank you. It's like the democratizing of QI. Uh, So here are three key messages that I take from our conversation just now. Quality improvement or QI is an integral part of our role as physicians and how we find a way to integrate it into our busy work lives. We're already doing it. Let's just have a little bit more effort to create that awareness that what we're doing is QI and a simpler way, as I understand, for being able to enter it as credits for the Royal College and everybody else who cares about that in our in our work lives. I have heard from both of you and thank you for your engagement, your passion, I'll say, about helping the Royal College invest in making QI more approachable for all of us as members. And it may involve coaching and mentorship basically just opening doors for people to be able to learn from each other. And really to close the loop on the story I started with, the scoop for today is that QI is not something that should be done to us, but rather it's something that each of us does with and for our patients, truly. Uh, We can learn from each other if we uh, identify the needs of our practice and team up with others for the ongoing improvements that we need to make as, uh, as practitioners and leaders. Lucy, Sophia, do you have any final words of wisdom you'd like to share with our listeners? So I would want everybody to know that this is all for our own improvement and for greatness. We're not trying to do any of this as remedial. Everything is because we're already great and we want to be much, much better at it. Thanks, Sophia. And Lucy? I'd like to tell people, too, that in the uh, revamp of the MOC framework, we're also looking at modernizing the list of eligible activities and to include activities that were not necessarily part of our CPD journey 10 years ago. Things like social media discourse, virtual education session, and recognizing those. And also, we're actively working on making activity entry more user-friendly across the board. So not just in adding eligible activities, but the user interface. And so there's a lot of work right now happening with wonderful teams behind the scenes to make it more uh, accessible to reduce the administrative burden on uh, physicians. So I'm really excited about that work. And also with regards to the essential guidance piece, there is a framework right now for essential guidance on quality improvement, what it is, an introduction to quality improvement. There's also a lot of work in the background happening right now to further develop those web pages on the Royal College website to provide quality improvement tools that fellows can use. So I look forward to seeing further development in that regard and to bringing it to the fellows. Thank you both, Lucy, Sophia, for sharing your your obvious passion and your dedication to QI in practice. I, I have found this episode to be empowering for us as physicians and fellows of the college. Thank you to our listeners for tuning into Specialty Scoop, Actualité en Specialité. Stay tuned for upcoming French episodes of this series. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, give us a rating or write us a review. And don't forget to share this episode on social media with your peers, people who may benefit from tips on QI in practice. 
write to us at fellowshipaffairs at royalcollege.ca, all in small letters, no capitals, and all one word, with suggestions or feedback on this podcast. You can also tune in and share the Royal College's podcast for medical students called Specialty Café et Café des Spécialités. It's an opportunity for specialists and residents to share a day in the life of their specialty. Until next time, I'm Guylaine Lefebvre. Thank you.